1: What's going on, Steelers Nation Radio? High noon on a Wednesday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory for the next two hours here on SNR. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, rocking and rolling with you here on this hump day. Yins already know It is drill. hump day. Hump day. Hump, hump, hump day. Mike, 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 Mike. <laughs> Guess what day it is, Mike? Mike, 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 Mike. Guess what day
2: it is.
1: Uh, I guess, Arthur Motes, it's the return of Sports Eve, if we want to talk about Ooh.
2: what day it is. You know what? Before we go No, no, it, no, 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 no. Are you really not going to drop the word? What's the word? It's the Eve of Sports Returning. Oh, it's the
0: penultimate. Oh, there we go. It's the <laughs> penultimate, baby. Yes,
2: sir.
1: <laughs> the penultimate day you can't of can't Sports miss an opportunity. You
2: can't miss an opportunity to drop the penultimate. Oh, ultimate that's Come great, on, It's a great call by you. It's a great call <laughs> by you. <laughs> Um, learns one new word. <laughs> quick, di- quick digression here,
1: because this is a football show. You know, right? Knock wood if you don't talk about baseball. Hey. Um, but is it just me or is the hype around the return of baseball, the return of team sports in America, maybe being a little undersold right now? Like if there was an NFL game getting ready to be played tomorrow or an NBA game getting mm-hmm. ready to be played tomorrow, I feel like the hype would be through the roof. Yeah, baseball's back tomorrow. Yankees and the defending champion nationals, the evil empire against the defending champs. And they got Gary Cole now. Ooh. I'm feeling a little underwhelmed oh, here, See, It's been like 132 days since sports canceled in America. I- again, when I say this, grain of salt, all respect to UFC and golf and NASCAR. I'm about talking about the respect on NASCAR. I'm ta- MLS has been back now for what, Very like true. a week? But yeah. I'm talking the four major sports in the United States of America. I was thinking about that today. Driving in here, I don't know if you saw it on the parkway. There's that bill, big yes. billboard up that's been counting down all Massive. week. Four days till Pirates opening day, three days till two days till Pirates opening day. I'm not feeling the hype like I thought I would, Mozi.
2: But maybe it's just because it's baseball. That's exactly what it is, because it's baseball. We talk about, <laughs> think about this traditionally. This is the time of year where we're like, can football hurry up and start because it's only mm-hmm. baseball going on right mm-hmm. now. Hockey's yeah. been done yeah. for like a month. Basketball, you're like, oh, done. this this time of year sucks. Like, the pirates are 37 yeah. games out of first place. So, so for me, man, this is as this is normal. This is status quo right now, man. Nobody gets hyped for baseball That's except true. the absolute diehard baseball. You know when they talk about they have a game at Tuesday at one o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> and it's like 70 fans there. Those 70 people are the people that are excited about <laughs> baseball starting tomorrow, yes. okay? The rest of us are like, all right, once things get warmed up. It'll be a we nice got, little appetizer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'll turn it on as I'm waiting on training camp to start. You know, that that's kind of like the vibe. Where I might check out a Yankees game every once in a while. But other than that, yeah, you don't you don't get hyped about regular season baseball. You don't get hyped until it's the postseason. Let's, let's be real about it. That's just how it goes with baseball. It's too many games. Now, this year, hopefully, it'll be different because of the yeah. condensed season. Hopefully, we can get some more excitement. Mm-hmm. But traditionally speaking— Baseball season's too long, all
1: right? It's yeah. too long. Yeah, it is. It's too hot. It's too long. Uh, my team's not good nearly
2: often enough. <laughs> I mean, it does make for cool, like, family hours to take your family to the sure. park. Oh, absolutely. Especially but, uh, PNC Park. We're know, spoiled in that regard. Yeah, yeah. It's a Be- great beautiful venue. venue. But other than that, I'm just like,
1: I'm good. Yeah, I'm good on that, too. Arthur Moats. normally I'm good on preseason games. Ooh. Oh, that's right. You a preseason hater? But I don't know about this year. It seems all about... Unofficially official, right? Like we're just awaiting the uh you know, the the press release format from the National Football League. But the NFLPA this morning, or maybe it was late last night, right, told mm-hmm. players there will be no preseason games in twenty twenty with this Arthur Motes, eighty man rosters as well, too. And that stinks. Ten guys, oh. right? Getting their opportunity taken away from them mm-hmm. before it even starts. And wait, you want me to do some quick dub V math on this? Oh, let me hear it. All right, ten guys on each roster. Mm-hmm. There's 32 rosters in the mm-hmm. National Football League. Seven, five, seven, seven, seven. Mm-hmm. That means there's 320 less gentlemen that will have mm-hmm. an opportunity to earn a living in the National Football League. Won't even get the chance to be told no. Mm-hmm. Won't even get the chance to try out 320 guys who aren't getting that opportunity. So I ask you, Arthur Motes, bigger deal. No preseason games or 320 less guys fighting for a job in training camp?
2: Nah, man. Neither one is a big deal. Remember, preseason's <laughs> oh, yeah, overrated. That's what y'all told me come. last week. Preseason overrated. Practice is more important. Who cares about those guys? It's, that are gonna get cut anyways. It's so petty. <laughs> so so. Today, baby. In the words of my great friend Wesley Euler, keep that same energy. Don't cry. Don't, don't cry to me now. Talking about those ten guys getting cut from each team. When I was preaching that two weeks ago, I was preaching that ever since they came with this idea. It's because you didn't do the quick math on it. Yeah, got Three hundred and twenty names now, on the and list. And now, and now, when you really get down to the nitty gritty of it. Not only are 10 people cut before they eat. I mean, there's people that we talked about. Those it. It people that were flying in this past week to come in for training camp. Oh, I didn't All even think about that. Yeah. They're so, probably up. Uh-huh. Sorry. Yeah. S-O-L. Oh, hey man, hey, I, we just changed the rules. Now we got to go down to 80. Goodbye. So, oh, now yeah, those I'm 10 guys about being are going a creek back without a paddle. Okay. Oh. But then on top of that, now that we're condensed down to 80, they still oh. have not expanded the preseason thing. I mean, the uh the training camp setting. So, we're still looking at a 4 to 5 week window before it's time for the regular season. Mm-hmm. So, now we got 80 guys get out there and practice. Oh, but remember, when I talk to you about it's hard to evaluate these players in practice because it's not enough time. It's a two-and-a-half-hour practice window, but you have to account for you know, your warm-ups, your stretch, your individual periods, your skill development, special your teams breaks period. in between. It. So yep. it's not a lot of time when you think about it. This is barely enough time for us when, we, when we're cutting down to 53 men. You try to get all the reps in practice, and that's why you have to do it day by day and mm-hmm. say, hey, we're going to work on just first down plays today. We're going to work on just Third down plays today. Anybody who's been to
1: training camp, you can see yeah. that they have an agenda, a Absolutely. very strict agenda for everything. Because day. there
2: isn't enough time. Mm-hmm. So and that's we-
1: why even though the <laughs> th- training camp is what, normally three, three and a half weeks uh-huh. long, Danny Smith is out there screaming, get your yeah. bleep, beep, bleep, down the bleep, bleep, bleep. Because you don't because have that it's you, not
2: enough time. <laughs> you're very structured. And that's and like you said, it's not enough time, regardless if you got fifty-three men, but now you're talking about having eighty men, and the reason why the preseason is so important is because the guys who don't get a lot of reps in practice. Because, let's be real, you want to make sure your starters are prepared for the season. But the guys who don't get a lot of reps in practice, that's why you see them the majority of the time in the preseason Mm. game. So they get a chance to be evaluated. If we got 90 plays in practice in West, because you're the third outside linebacker, you're only going to see 10 to 15 plays, tops, for the whole day. 10 to 15 plays, tops. How is that a fair evaluation to you? Yeah. Please tell me that. Especially right when, uh, according to Mike Tomlin,
1: I lost an estimated, those guys Mm -hmm. lost an estimated 900 snaps this offseason.
2: Easily because that's why during OTAs, you have certain days during OTAs where you know, hey, young guys are going to be practicing today as veteran guys we're going to have the first two pairs after that we chill we on the side doing our cardio because you got to get these younger guys a chance to uh, to a chance to operate that's why they have a rookie mini camp where only rookies right. and first year right. players are there so they can get 100 and 200 plus reps a day so and they all can get the attention. and they get every opportunity to put their best foot forward it's a reason why in the preseason the first game they play what two to three quarters second game they play two quarters third game okay they might play a quarter maybe a half that fourth, fourth game they're game. playing the whole game the whole thing. it's the reason why so you can evaluate them it's not just the practice setting of hey man let's just look at these guys and, practice and see how they operate in this controlled climate no they have to play in these games because they don't get enough reps
1: football's so unique in that regard right compared to the other sports um, Sydney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and some of those guys from the Penguins, you know, they can go up to Cranberry to the Lemieux facility, and they can have, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Informal practices, mm-hmm. and they can gain a lot from that. Yes. Uh, LeBron James and his Laker teammates over the last four or five months, they can have informal workouts and get-togethers. We've seen it from Tom Brady and his Tampa Bay Buccaneers teammates, but in football, there's really only so much you can simulate. Arthur Modes, I know this, and I'm not like you. I wasn't there for a decade, but you can only really get ready for football to such a certain extent, not like you can in hockey or in basketball or in baseball, where there's a lot of real tangible things you can do to simulate that action. In the NFL, there's not a lot of real tangible things you can do to simulate putting on the helmet and getting those reps and running those plays in those pads, except for actually putting on the helmet and getting in pads and running those plays. And man, that has been thrown for a loop
2: like like we've never seen before this offseason. Absolutely, man. But, you know, like I said, man, don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about it. that no problem. Hey, shout out to all my veterans out there, man. Y'all got a nice little cheap year. Take it. Smile. Cheap year. I, I, I'm telling you, listen, when you're a veteran, you hope for two things at the end of this thing, right? You either hope to get you one of these cheap years like this, mm-hmm. or you get your eye all year kind of like what I had out in AZ, all right? <laughs> either way, you want one of these where, hey, I don't even have to go crazy. I know I'm about to be good for this year. And that's what they got. Because you're not going to tell me, and I've said this to numerous guys ever since the information came out, if I'm a guy who's been on this team for all I need is one year on this team, honestly. it. Is, I mean, one year is more than enough, but for the guys that have had three, four, five, six years on the team, you're not going to get beat out by a guy that's coming in and has four weeks to learn the scheme, get his conditioning up to what it needs to be, understand the playbook, and then on top of that, go out there and be productive because it's one thing to know the playbook. It's one thing for you in the classroom, Wes, if I say, hey, Show me cover three. You can drop cover three. You can drop that you're in the deep third. Okay, cool. It's another thing for you to be in, in the physical conditioning to wear the pads and run and actually do the assignment. Okay, you did the assignment right. Okay, you know it on paper right. But it's a whole other thing for me to tell you go out there and make a play when it's a receiver out there trying to make a play. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, not, it's not okay to just run 10 yards and stand on the numbers. No, you got to make the play. That's a whole other element. You got four weeks to do that, and it's evaluation period. Oh, no games either. Don't worry about it. And I'm a guy who's been doing this for years in this exact same scheme. Know every little nuance of it. Man, I'm feeling extra confident.
1: Yeah, it's not even close. It, it's a nice, like you mentioned, it's a uh, it's a nice bonus year for uh, for some of the. Vet- it's almost like senior year of high school for the veterans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna be a nice, nice ride. You know, just uh, pick on the freshmen, book
2: drop a couple sophomores in the hallway, mm-hmm. and you're good to go. Absolutely, man. You, like I said, but you could tell that was a veteran movement when they came up with it. Oh, 100%. <laughs> when I heard the veterans talk about don't one preseason, I'm like, oh. Like, All, right. All at, right. At first, I was Job like, I'm secure. And listen, at first, at first, I'm naive. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? How are you going to be prepared? How are you going to make sure that you guys are getting the value? Then I'm like, wait a minute. If, I'm, if this is me in year eight, year nine, or year seven, mm-hmm. I'm right with you. No, no preseason games. I don't want these guys having any opportunity because let's be real. You can only do but so much practice Mm -hmm. because just by way of the plays, it's certain times that you're going to be out there in practice where you're not even going to get an opportunity to get a look. You're going to be on the backside just off of the scheme of the call. In the game, man, I can still be on the backside, out the play, if somebody misses a tackle frontside and I show my effort to make the tackle 10 yards down the field, that's a big plus for me. You can't do that in practice. Where am I going to get that in practice? Or I make a nice rush move, but because I can't (laughs) touch the quarterback, you don't know if I finish that play or not. Right. You run by the quarterback, create bad habits, but that's neither here nor there. But then you get in the game. You know how many guys I've seen make just beautiful rush moves in practice, win clean, and in practice it looks like it's a sack. You get in the game and that quarterback isn't standing there no more. No, because in the NFL, what do the quarterbacks do? They move around. They move around. They scramble. They do all these things. They also
1: are allowed to break tackles. Absolutely. Like a wide receiver, like a running back, like a tight end, they're allowed to break tackles.
2: So, you know how bad that looks when you're in a game and you're missing sacks, you're missing tackles? You know how easy it is to tackle Elbel in practice when I would run up to him, break down, and put my two hands up? Knowing goodness, well, if this is in a game, man, I'm not breaking down like that. I got to shoot my gun because he's going to make me miss. You shoot your gun and hold the troops rally. That's how it goes. <laughs> in practice, it looks good, though. I run up, get low. Ooh, get legs they like, Well, they like, he look good in the open field. No, I don't. But I know how to fake it in practice. That's just how it is. So when you talk about no preseason, I'm like, yeah, this is perfect because I don't have to worry about these things.
1: <laughs> I want to see Arthur Motes out there in
2: training camp this year. No, I, I ain't got to worry I, about I, these I, things. We ain't said about that now. I, I ain't going that
1: far. <laughs> All right. That's all right. If you if you if you if Arthur Motes leaves the program, you know it's because he's back out there. He got the itch
2: once again. I tell you what, that would make a lot of our listeners happy. I hey mean man, a bunch I'm, of them have been calling good, for you to bro. get back out there. Listen, I'm good between between them saying, Hey, come on out there or or, or Coach One, I'm like, yeah, I'm good on I'm both. All right. I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. You like my... staying up late and sleeping in. Absolutely. I love the control comment of the air conditioning. The only time I get mm-hmm. hot in here is it from drinking tea. So mm-hmm. I'm good. <laughs> reactions questions comments concerns on twitter at west
1: Euler at the body 52 when we come back uh most improved player on the pittsburgh steelers who will it be in 2020 and we'll take that conversation a little bit further most improved players in the division and the afc maybe we'll even look at the nfc as well that is our topic du jour here for our number one inside the electric factory we will uh, continue with the banter on the other side. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, you're listening to Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Moats on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. Euler
1: and Motes with some flavor for your ears on this Wednesday afternoon. And we're going to jump into a, uh, a fun discussion here. Arthur Motes, NFL.com, Cynthia Freeland. Shout um, out to Cynthia. She is great, by the way. Really nice person. Great interview. Uh, I've talked about this with you before. One of my favorite things about going to the Combine is just all the people we get to nab for interviews, right? Like, I've talked with you about this before. You know, we Dale Lolly, Matt Williamson, and I do shows like six hours a day from Radio Row at the Combine. And, ah, there's Matthew Barry. Grab him. Ah, there's John Clayton. Grab him. There's Cynthia Freeland. Grab her. It's it's really cool some of the people we get to have, you know, 10, 15-minute discussions with on Radio Row. She was one of them last year. And I think you and I have discussed analytics on this show before, and some of the things we like about him, some of the things we dislike about him, that's a kind of an open book debate for a lot of people, certainly. Right. But I think she does a very good job of how she uses analytics in the scope of football, particularly when she evaluates offenses and defenses by the numbers. So she did kind of an interesting article, Motsi, uh projecting the most improved player for every team in the NFL now. This is just, this isn't who's going to have a breakout season, right? This isn't uh, who's somebody young that's going to take off, you know, those type of things. It's just who's going to have the most improved season based off what they had last year if you look at some of the underlying numbers. So it can be a veteran guy who had a down year last year. It could certainly be a young guy who she expects to take off. There's some really interesting names on this. Uh, So let's get to it here. Let's start in the AFC North Steelers division we'll start with our Pittsburgh Steelers it is and I don't think this answer will surprise a lot of people projecting the most improved player for the Pittsburgh Steelers she goes with Deontay Johnson uh credited with 18 forced missed tackles last season uh you couple his freshman to sophomore year improvement with Ben Big Ben's return um Somebody, obviously, the defenses are going to have to account for, but somebody, uh, as Cynthia says, that everyone should mark as a potential fantasy steal as well. Obviously, you and I know, Motsi, a lot of ways that you could go here with the Steelers. Um, I mean, I guess technically she could have talked about Big Ben. She could have talked about some of the offensive linemen. um, Maybe a guy like Devin Bush as well, too. But Deontay Johnson, the answer.
2: Um, When I think of Deontay in terms of being most improved, Less about him taking a big step next year. I think the – I mean, because from an improvement standpoint, he improved in a great way in the return game from the beginning of the season to the end of the season. Yeah. He improved as a receiver, and we can definitely anticipate that going forward. <clears throat> the biggest thing that I would really want to see him improve upon, though, is his ball security. I mean, last year he lost – he had, what, five fumbles, and they were critical fumbles – at different points in the game. Obviously, we saw the Bills game where he had the big catch fumbled on the sideline. <clears throat> uh the Ravens game, he had a fumble. Mm-hmm. Then he had the uh the fumble one versus the Rams on a punt return as well. Just off the top of my head, the ball security issues are going to need to be addressed a lot sooner than, you know, what, what's the plan right now? Right. I mean, we talk about Juju for example, and just the two critical fumbles that he's had that stand out to us the most. I'm like, this kid had five fumbles just last year alone. That needs to be improved in a major way. But for me, I don't think that he's the guy that will be most improved next year. I'm going with uh, – actually, on the defensive side of the ball, you know I'm a defensive guy. Obviously. Come on, man. I can't help myself, baby. I can't help myself. But I'm going with Terrell Edmonds, man. I mm. think obviously he was That's a guy one. that that was really successful in terms of his tackling abilities, open field tackling. I think he had what, 100 tackles, second on the team behind Devin Bush. But the thing that I want to see him improve upon is his playmaking ability when the ball is in the air. It were a couple, not a couple, there were numerous times where it just looked as if he misjudged some passes that were in the air, some of his angles in terms of coverage. And those are things that at the safety position, to go from being just a a decent player to a really good player, that's what you have to do. I mean, that's what Minka is so special because when the ball is in the air, he understands how to attack it, he never is out of position when he's in coverage where it's been times where Edmonds has appeared to be out of position or chasing and things along that nature so for me I think he's going to be the most improved player because I anticipate him going into what year three now being a lot more comfortable in the back end and having a full well not even technically a full off season with Minka but having another right. year playing alongside Minka I think that's going to help him out a lot as well
1: I think so too that's a great call by you uh, we've talked a lot about Deontay Johnson, a lot about Devin Bush, a lot about the offensive line, a lot of these things. Um, but, yeah, Edmonds maybe kind of flying under that radar. I think that's a good call. I would expect uh, I would expect him to look much more comfortable uh, with his responsibilities now entering his uh, third year in the black and gold. Uh, sticking in the division here, Arthur Motes. Let's go across the turnpike into Ohio. Cleveland Brands. This is one that I definitely agree with. Uh, mm. Odell Beckham Jr., I think that's a no-brainer. We've talked a little bit about how we both think that the Browns kind of recipe for success is to Mm -hmm. put the ball in the hands of Nick Chubb, put the ball in the hands of Kareem Hunt, establish that run game, take the ball – not take the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands, right? I don't mean it to sound that dramatic. But instead of putting the onus on Baker, put the onus on the run game and let the pass game kind of grow from there. We both agree that, that Chubb's a beast and the offensive line should be much improved and that's the way to do things. Uh, but I think we also both agree that maybe the Browns and Baker Mayfield and some of those egos and mouths to feed on that offense are going to allow them or not allow them to be to put their check their pride at the door. Maybe is is what I want to say. I do think Odell Beckham clearly was struggling with injuries last year. I do think clearly he's still one of the most naturally talented wide receivers in the NFL, uh, no matter what they do on that offense. There's certainly going to be attention given all over the place to the running backs, to the tight ends, to the other wide receivers. I think Odell Beckham will, um, <laughs> if he stays in Cleveland, you know, if there's no, none of that trade request stuff, I think Odell Beckham will have a, if we look at it on paper at the end of next season, much more productive year than he had in 2019.
2: There is only one answer to the Cleveland Browns' most improved player. Baker Mayfield? And it is Baker Mayfield. (laughs) Let's be real. Odell had over 1,000 yards receiving, and that was a quote-unquote down year for him. Him and Jarvis still balled out under the circumstances of shoddy quarterback play, under the circumstances of dealing with injury, under the circumstances of having incompetent coaching. The person that that team is going to ride upon or, or solely depend upon is Baker Mayfield. You saw him in year one when he looked good, when his completion percentages was good, when he took care of the ball, didn't have a ton of turnovers. Their team looked competitive. I mean, they, they looked like yeah. they, they were a good team or a decent team at times. And we just felt that, hey, man, it's more of a coaching thing, but personnel wise, they're good to go last year. The quarterback position took a big step back. The turn- I think what Baker had, 21 turnovers, mm-hmm. second to only Jameis 30 for 30. <laughs> that's an issue. That is a major issue. So regardless of how healthy Odell is, if Odell look- – look at it this way, right? Odell had, what, 1,000? I think it was like 1,050 or 60 yards, Just right? a little over a 1,000, yeah. yeah. So my thing is this. Healthy Odell, you're getting, what, 1,200 yards? 1,300, 1,300, maybe. and yeah. that's high end. That's not as big as Baker cutting down from 21 picks to 10 picks.
1: 12 picks. You know, like yeah. that.
2: that's what I think of, man. When I think of the hmm. Browns, their success hinges solely upon Baker oh, I agree with taking that. care of the ball and Baker being a better version of himself because he went from potentially being a top 15 quarterback that first year to debatable top 20 right now. And that's debatable, like highly debatable. People are starting to throw around that B. Yeah, word. man. Start to the B. Absolutely. And the Ust. So for me, man, when I think of Baker, I'm like, yo, it, it's you have to be the most improved guy going into the next season.
1: Staying in the Buckeye State, sticking with wide receivers, uh, Cynthia Freeland says that A.J. Green will be the Bengals' most improved player. I'm trying to think, right? Like, a Jonah Williams isn't eligible for this discussion mm-hmm. because we still haven't seen him take a snap at the NFL Correct. level. Um, I think Tyler Boyd could really take off, but I do think that kind of goes hand in hand with yeah. A.J. Green. I don't know, unless there's someone obvious I'm missing on the defensive side of the football. Like, I thought Dunlap and Atkins had fine years mm-hmm. last season. I, I think I mean, AJ all Green's things is
2: considered. A right, yeah, yeah, all things considered. They were switching from a 4-3 they've played in their whole career right. to a 3-4 totally different positions. I mean, the, the whole team was in flux. The quarterback was, I mean, that think about you. You take Andy Dalton, who was your franchise quarterback for, what, the past five years, six years now? And then you just say, hey, you know what, let's see what we have with Ryan Finley. Wait, what? <laughs> Why? Why? You had preseason for that. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Trying to tank for uh for Joe Burrow. That's crazy. What's going on? Uh last but not least, those purple people in Baltimore. Uh it's a wide receiver division. All four of the AFC North answers are wide receivers. Deontay Johnson, Odell Beckham, AJ Green. Also, Marquise Brown. Hmm. 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 Is he really a
2: most improved candidate, though?
1: The Ravens are a tough one in terms of this conversation. Yeah. Because I wouldn't say there's anybody on the offense that really underperformed last season. Mm. I mean, you could want more productivity from your wide receivers, certainly. But they but found you also ways. have to remember they that their offense is yeah. very
2: unconventional. Right. And their offense doesn't necessarily put a premium on throwing the ball to the wide receivers. They're right. more tight end, heavy, play action heavy. Because of the style of offense they run with a Lamar Jackson having Mark Ingram back there. So yeah, that that's interesting to me. Um maybe like a Calais Campbell? What about that as an answer?
1: Again, not that a guy yeah. that had a bad year last year, but just he's gonna be in a much better situation.
2: Yeah, I could see that. Um I was thinking Derek Wolf because he's coming off an injury. Derek Wolf's another good one. Because at yeah. least I was like, at least with Calais, he did have the full season. He was still productive. Right. But with Derek, remember, Derek was on pace to do something special. Probably have a double digit sack season yeah. as an interior rusher, end up getting hurt. So he stopped, yeah. I think it was like seven sacks. Maybe Matthew
1: Judon has a big
2: year in that defense. See, I'm not worried about Judon because Judon's been a successful. Pernell McPhee, he Ooh, needs to improve. Though. That's another good one. That Because he's going to have a lot of pressure on him playing the opposite of Judon. You know Judon's going to garner a lot of attention. And now with Calais and Derek Wolf on the interior, the weak link will be Pernell McPhee. That's where he's going to get a lot of the one-on-one matchups. The runs are going to go as exactly to him. <laughs> right. I mean, if you're looking at it, who am I picking? That's the guy I'm going for. That's the duck. That's where we're going with it. So, yeah, I would say I'm either going Derek Wolf because I come off an of injury or Pernell McPhee. Those are good ones. Yeah, I,
1: Marquise Brown, like, I mean, do I think he'll get better as a football player? Yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely. He had, what, six,
2: seven, six, 700 yards last year? Absolutely. But yeah. like
1: in, and in he missed less- time. Unless the Ravens start chucking the ball downfield a lot of times, I just I don't know yeah. how great his impact is going to be. You know, he'll he'll bust some big plays every once in a I mean, while. He did last year. Think about this. Right, right. What, what, right. He like could all? have close to 1,000 yeah. yards receiving. He could score, you know, eight touchdowns, something like that. What did he have last year? Did he have five last year, six last year? I think he said six. Six? Okay, yeah. eight or nine touchdowns this year. But, I, again, it's more so a function of that offense.
0: Mm-hmm. I just don't
1: see them taking a ton of downfield shots that's every game. That's not what they do.
2: Yeah, that's – that's not their cup of tea. We're not baby. against it, but that's just not what they do. That's not their cup of tea, baby. I mean, it probably would benefit us if they did try to just air it out down the field it's the whole time. That's
1: true. That's true. So, hey, uh, John Harbaugh, if you're listening, start airing it out down the field. Let's go to the uh, AFC East here before we go to break Mozi, your boys in Buffalo, Devin Singletary is the answer for the Buffalo Bills. Oh, Frank Gore's mm. gone. More of an opportunity for him to show up, show out, Healthy I Healthy the guess. whole time
2: because he did miss time last year with the hamstring.
1: Yeah. Um, I feel like, though, man, Josh Allen's certainly a prime candidate.
2: You add Stephon yeah. Diggs to the mix. I mean, which is crazy because Josh took a huge step from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. The thing that we thought Baker was going to do, that's what Josh right. actually did. Right, right. In terms of of cutting out interceptions, increasing touchdowns, passing yardage.
1: I could even, honestly, I could talk about a guy like Davis White, too. You bring in Josh Norman Mm -hmm. to line up across from him, reunited with his old DC.
2: See, for me, I'm going the young boy, Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver's another great answer. I think he has to be the guy to stop. I mean, because he was good last year, but he underperformed comparing to the guy that he was supposed to replace in Kyle Williams. That's why he was drafted to be yes. Kyle Williams, to be the better and more younger, more athletic version of that. He definitely didn't live up to that expectation. Not saying that he had a bad year. He just didn't live up to what that was. So I think that has to be the guy for them to take that next step. Because I think Josh, man, he's on a trajectory. If he just keeps getting better like how he's been doing, right, he'll be fine. He already showed that he took a big jump. So we're assuming that, hey, another year in that offense with better, more weapons, more he's going to get better. Yeah. yeah, But for me, Ed Oliver, he's the one.
1: That's a that's a great call, certainly. Miami Dolphins. I like this one. Mike Gasecki, the tight end. I really liked him coming out of Penn State. I thought he was kind of one of those sleeper, tight end guys. Man, who, see,
2: I was waiting on you to say he has a great last name. Anything, he does have a great any, last any name. Any last name with multiple syllables. You're like, oh, that's a great last name. Why? Can you tell, <laughs>
1: What? Can you, <laughs> can you tell that I broke into this industry, Arthur Motes, doing sports play-by-play? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm all about the last names. It's a great last name. Yeah. Uh, get this, Arthur Motes. Mike Gisecki, uh last year had four touchdowns on just seven receptions in the final six weeks of the season. Yeah. Uh, I think whether it's Tua or whether it's Fitzpatrick, that team is going to continue to get better with uh, with Brian Flores at the helm. I, I think they've got things moving in the right direction. There's still another draft class or two away, hitting on some more picks from really you know, contending and, and making the playoffs and things like that. But I do think Mike Gusecki has a lot of talent. Uh, I think that offense Mike will be Gusecki. more settled. Uh, Mike Gusecki. Uh And, yeah, whether it's Fitzmagic or Tua under center, like I said, I think that offense will be more settled. I think that will uh, lead to more opportunity for him.
2: For me, man, I think Mike, obviously, he he was productive towards the end of the season. But the guy that I need to see more out of, the guy that I need to see be more improved, is the former first-round draft pick down in from a year ago, Christian Wilkins. I mean, yep. you think about what he did at Clemson. And, I mean, he was very productive and a key contributor to that defense that ultimately helped them win a national championship. He needs to be more productive. You can't be a first-round draft pick and only have two sacks, 56 tackles, an interior rusher in 14 games that you started. You played in 16, though. I need more from you. So he's the guy that and, – and not just the sacks. I mean, think about this, right? Two sacks, all right, sometimes you're winning, but, hey, the guy gets rid of the ball, whatever it may be. He only had four QB hits. That's not a lot of winning either. No. You can't do that. So for me, he's the guy that I think, man, is going to be the best candidate to be most improved because you have to assume that Brian Flores, we know, defensive-minded Defensive coach. Guy. So he's going to find ways to get those guys in the best position to be productive. He is a productive player, a very athletic player too. So when you factor in all those things and you're hoping that your offense will be more productive, it's not going to be the, all right, are we tanking early? Are we trying to (laughs) be good? Like all that going on along with – Offloading assets during the season. Remember, they traded That's away true. Mika Fitzpatrick week
1: two. And they traded Tunsil away right, Absolutely. right like, during the preseason. So they I think, traded wasn't
2: Tunsil it? the week before the regular season. Yeah. They traded Kenny Stills. They said going into the regular season game, the opener, they had twenty two guys that were not on the roster. In preseason. Ed, no, no, no. At all throughout the whole all season. Oh. They literally, that last week I from preseason to regular season, they brought in 22 new guys for their for their 53-man roster. It's a third of your game day roster. How do you expect I to mean, win? It's 40% yes. of your game day How roster. How do you expect to win like that? Like It's already difficult enough when you bring in three guys that have never been in your scheme all, all season. OTAs, minicamp, rookie minicamp, training camp. That's already tough enough. You bring in 22 guys. Like, what do you expect? So hopefully this year, because those guys have at least been there, figuratively speaking, because of the COVID situation, they should be a lot more comfortable, which means Wilkins should be a lot more comfortable and hopefully could be more productive than what he was last year because you can't just go out there and have two sacks and four QB hits when you're a top pick. It's not good for business.
1: It's not good for business.
2: Yours or the team's?
1: Not at all. Uh, Nikhil Harry is the NFL.com answer for the Patriots (sighs) <sighs> I think Cam Newton's kind of the low-hanging fruit here, right? I feel like yeah. he's got to have an improved season. Uh, maybe Mohamed Sanu in that regard as well, too. I don't know how I feel about Nikhil Harry. We haven't seen, he, he's, he's heading into his sophomore season with kind of an incomplete grade from his rookie season. I,
2: I don't know. See, for me, I don't have an issue with Nikhil Harry being on this list because when we talk about the season that he had last year. He did miss a good chunk of time. He did. I think he had what a hamstring was early on. Some, but, some muscle ish- issue, But my yeah. problem with him was we saw a lot on his tape that looked very similar to James Watson his first year. When you talk about misjudging balls, when you talk about jumping when you don't need to jump, understanding when to run under a pass, understanding just the intricacies of running routes at this level, he struggled in all of those things. Muhammad Sanu was going to be Muhammad Sanu. We're not expecting Muhammad Sanu to turn into Josh Gordon overnight. We're not expecting Muhammad Sanu to become Julio Jones or Antonio Brown. That's not that's never going to be him. Nikhil Harry, though, he was drafted with expectations to be the guy up there. We talked about how, man, outside of Randy Moss, when have they had a, a dope receiver in uh, New England? Their best receiver has been Julian Edelman. Nikhil Harry was supposed to change that. So for me, when I think of him, Even though he missed time with injury, even though he was a rookie, you still expected a lot more from him than what he did last year. So for me, that's why I say, yeah, he has to be the guy. Last one
1: here uh, for the AFC East and for this segment, the New York J-E-T-S Jets, 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 Arthur Motes. Uh Uh-oh. Everybody knows where I'm going here. Come on, if you've listened to this show for more than Uh 15 minutes. Uh Uh-oh. I'm going with Sam Darnold, baby. You already know 2020 is the year of Sam. It's go time. Let's do it.
2: He's the second best quarterback in Jersey. Third best quarterback in New York. Second best quarterback in Jersey. He better than Dan- Danny Dimes. I'm not. T- I'm taking Danny over him. I know you a Darnold hater. I know. You know. And, uh, you know. I'm taking Joshua with both of
1: them. <laughs> I know. Uh- <laughs> You know, I disagree, <laughs> but we don't need to rehash this same argument. We'll you right, you We're right. going to get it. I mean, once we the got season starts, we got, Trust we me. got we Dak got plenty and Wentz. Of time. We got Darnold and Allen. We,
2: we got quarterbacks we're going to be beefing <laughs> it's over. It's going to be fun. For me, man, um, from when I talk Jets, man, I got to go with my dog, L Bell, man. I think, well, obviously, the one, expectation yeah. he had, the contract he, he got, you expected a lot more. And we understand it was multiple variables that played into his lack of productivity. And I mean, the guy you just named, Sam Darnold, was the large reason for yeah, that. With him missing a time of the season, yeah, that that kills you. Along with the lack of overall weapons on offense, but I think this year, with them all being healthy, this has to be the year that Elle Bell shows, hey. I can do this outside of Pittsburgh. I don't need the weapons that were in Pittsburgh for me to be productive, for me to be successful. So this has to be for him. He has to step up. And we know that offense, as much as we say it's going to go as Sam Darnold goes, it goes as El Bell goes. Because Sam hasn't proven to be the guy that can just, hey, it doesn't matter who you have around me, I'm going to make his name work. He doesn't have that right now. I mean, not say that he can't grow into that, which I think he will. I think he's a part of that that second wave Mm -hmm. of quarterbacks that are going to come in and be like, wow, when the Brady's and Brees, are gone he's gonna be a part of that next wave i think he has that potential but right now we know el bell is got he has to be the guy down there he has to be the guy to keep the chains moving similar to what we saw here in pittsburgh he has to be the guy that regardless if you're handing the ball off or you're dumping the ball off the backfield a quick low pass he's got to be the guy that's consistent calling mcdonald's number one man you know yeah, what it is yeah. wherever you're at you know what you're getting man give me the big mac period
1: uh it's a it's a great call by you certainly uh Most improved player for each team in the AFC. That is our uh, our topic here in the first hour of the show. When we come back, we'll hit on the AFC South and the AFC West as well. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler on a Wednesday. This is Steelers Blitz on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: Most improved player for each team in the AFC. That's what we're wrapping out the uh, the first hour of the program here with today. On to the AFC South we go. Arthur Motes.
2: AFC South.
1: And sticking uh, alphabetically here like I have been doing that. Actually, us- you
2: have not been doing well, that. Well, you're
1: right. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hold on. I didn't for the Steelers division because we always start I, Pittsburgh first. All right. First. I'm just throwing it out there. So 50% of the time. <laughs> we started right the back yeah. of the you're line me... one time. They went to the front. I'm like, keep like, whoa. whoa. My, you keeping me on my toes here. <laughs> yeah. well, we'll, we'll keep it alphabetical here going forward. AFC South, Houston, Texans uh kenny stills the answer on nfl.com wow, so
2: see i was about to ask you too are we going alphabetical based on first name or last name because team you flip you, fl- you flip-flop technically is that the team name though h for houston the team name is what the texans though, right? Well, you're right
1: <laughs> i for <laughs> indianapolis <laughs> j for... you know what i didn't realize houston h indianapolis i jacksonville j h i j yeah dude the Titans need to change their something with a K because then you have the whole, the, yeah. the whole division will be an alphabetical order. Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> uh, I think Kenny Stills is fair for the Texans. Motsi, uh, uh Hopkins exits stage right. More opportunity for Stills. Uh, uh, probably, a, a, you know,
2: even a little bit better. Improved Deshaun Watson. I think that's a fair answer. So I like Kenny Stills, but I think it's the new addition of Brandon Cooks. He's coming off a down year. Yeah. Think about that well, last year true. he had in, uh, in L.A., what was it, 500 yards? First time in the past four or five years when he didn't you have, have 1,000 thousand. yards receiving. I think he's the one that has to have the big bounce back year because let's be real about it. Kenny Stills is a good player, but Kenny Stills, at his best, is a B level player. He's a really yeah. good number two. B, B at plus. Best. Yeah, yeah, at best, yeah. he's a, a really good number two. Yeah. Cooks has to be the guy down there, especially when you lose a DeAndre Hopkins. If, if Brandon Cooks is average down there, their offense is going to look really bad because they they're not going to have enough threats outside. Right, right. So for me man, it has to be Brandon Cooks, especially him coming off of a down year. Kenny Stills, man, he I mean, Kenny Stills, Kenny Stills. He's super consistent. You know what he is. So for me man, I, I don't really see him being taking this big jump of improvement.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. That's a good call by you. I, I didn't even think about that. The only reason I, I thought about what, Cook's, I,
2: I, I forgot what I was doing. He just like popped in my mind. I'm like, yo, you, you were, you were really? cooking something and you he were did like, have, like, Brandon Cooks. Because he did have a down year. I'm like, yo, you really did have a down yeah. year last year. Yeah. Like, over his full body of work is great, mm-hmm. but he's coming off of a very, very poor year for him.
1: Indianapolis Colts, uh, NFL.com says Xavier Ooh, Rhodes. I forgot he's in Indianapolis now.
2: Yeah, me too. Jeez.
1: I still think though, I'm gonna go Malik Hooker. And you know how I like to get with these things. Uh, no, I get a little I personal, know. you know, I get a little personal sometimes, you, 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 you know. Keep, I, keep, you keep hoping and wishing. Sometimes I let my emotions get the best of me. You know, Arthur Motes is the brains behind this operation. I'm just the the just the
2: pure energy, you know, just the just the <laughs> No, I he <laughs> in the brain back here. I still got an issue with the Colts anyways, man, because they have my boy Mike Mitch. They went to the playoffs, they was cooking, he gets hurt, they lose, they don't bring him back. So forever beef. <laughs> <Ever> <laughs> beef. Forever beef.
1: Or I think, you know, honestly, I think Phillip Rivers is a fair kind of Ooh, candidate in this, in this in this conversation too for the Colts. In a major way, Phillip. Yeah, because yeah, he's better right. scheme, better talent on offense, good offensive yeah. line. I mean, everything is in place. Playing because, in a dome where the weather's
2: always fine. Yeah, because last year, whoo, last year we thought he was about the Eli Manning it. Boy, he, yeah, he, t- he took a major step. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah, Phillip Rivers definitely. But I could see Xavier Rose, though, because we talked about how last year he was coming off a very, very down year for his standards. And I don't know if it's injury-related, if it's effort-related, if it's an issue with the organization he was in. Obviously, in Minnesota, if it was something going on there. But we could definitely see a decline in his play. I mean, honestly, I feel like ever since, what was it, 2016? Yeah. When when A.B. cooked him, it kind of changed a little bit, man. Yeah, it did. I mean, but he does that to a lot. I've seen him do better to worse. That's true.
1: Jacksonville Jaguars, NFL.com goes with Gardner Michoud. Uh, for me, it's Leonard Fournette, Motsi. Yeah. I think, one, he still wants to prove that he belongs in the conversation with all those guys that were drafted high you know, in the first round like he was. Uh, he did quietly have a nice season last year, Leonard Fournette did. Yeah, we talked about from a receiving standpoint, right. best year. Best year he's ever mm-hmm. had, and that's been the biggest knock against him. Most yards he's ever had in a season last year, too. And I think, more importantly— like, Leonard Fournette knows if he has a good season this year, all right, he can get out of Jacksonville. He can mm-hmm. he can end up in a
2: nice situation. Nah, they ain't going to get him out of their franchise. I think that'll be some nice their, motivation. They'll franchise just to stick it to them. Them franchise boys? Oh, that'd be so sick. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be I'm, so that'd sick. That'd be so sick. But
1: I'm, I'm going but with Leonard it, Fournette. They did it
2: to, uh, to Yannick. That's true.
1: I I don't think we'll be, you know, at the end of the season or throughout the season, I don't think we'll be spending a lot of time discussing Leonard Fournette, but I do think quietly he will have a nice productive year.
2: Yeah, I agree with you, man. It has to be Leonard Fournette. Garner Minshew, I mean, anything he does is gonna be overachieving. He was He's a sixth six rounder. Man. Nobody yeah. expected anything from him. Trust me, it's a great situation to be in. I, I thrived on that early on. Late round guy. Hey, anything I do is great. It yeah. looks it's awesome because you ain't expect it, all right? So Especially Minshew, the quarterback position. Yeah, <laughs> Minshew, that's you you are what you are right now. Like, nobody's gonna anticipate you being great or doing anything special. If you do it, then hey, tip the cap to you. We appreciate it. But Leonard Fournette. He's the guy. Like you said, he has money reasons, he has trying to get out of Jacksonville reasons, and then ultimately he has legacy reasons as well when you look at the guys that were in his draft class that he in his draft draft class that he was taken in front of. So, he definitely is going to be inspired. He definitely is going to want to get this thing done, and I think he will. Last one here for the South, the Tennessee
1: Titans. Ooh. Malcolm Butler the answer for NFL.com, and that's a good one, but I think we're going to be on the same page here, Mozi. I'm going AJ Brown. Dude had a great rookie year last year with two different quarterbacks with a lot of uncertainty. Derrick Henry's still there. Yeah, they lose Conklin, but that offensive line should still be really good. I think A.J. Brown is going to have some opportunities to eat in a a, a run-heavy Ooh. offense, yes, but that's going to allow him to uh, to get some space to operate a whole year with the same quarterback, A.J. Brown. The
2: new best wide receiver with the last name Brown in the NFL. Wait, what Ooh. happened? Wait, what happened? Ooh. Hollywood got to have a conversation <laughs> <with him. laughs> but I'll say this man um I look at AJ Brown in terms of his most improvements in the same vein as Odell he had a thousand yards with all that adversity but at best is he what 12 1300 yard receiver true. that's my that's how you only define issue improved, in terms of like right? you no know, because it's going to be an improvement but is that going to be a larger improvement of say a Ryan Tannehill who has to match his productivity over a 16 game body of work he's never done you. that He's had two 4,000-yard passing seasons, but during those 4,000-yard passing seasons, he also had high double-digit interceptions as well. And his teams, from a win-loss standpoint, were piss poor. So for me, I look at Tannehill and I say, all right, you showed us a flash. You showed us, hey, this might have been why Miami drafted you in the first round. We see something in you, but now we need you to show that you could do this over a 16-game body of work when there is an expectation now. Because last year wasn't an expectation. It was, all right, man, Mariota, you're stinking it up. All right, let's give a chance on the journeyman. All right, come on, Tannehill, you gonna get in here real quick, man? See what's up. And then he surprised people because it was low expectations. That's not gonna be the case this year, especially with the new contract. You, yeah, yeah, you get the contract. He got there is expectations now. You have to go out there and produce. You cannot get by throwing the ball seven times in a game or having seven completions in a game. You have to go out there and show that hey, I'm a, I'm a big component into this team's success, and I'm gonna prove it. So for me, I think he has to be the most improved guy on that offensive side of the ball.
1: I think that's a, a great call by you, certainly. Uh, let's move to the AFC South here to wrap up this conversation. Or, sorry, West, pardon me. We just yeah, we I'm just did the South. AFC yeah, in North. Yeah. Right, South. North,
2: in, North, South, North South. In, uh, right.
1: Yeah. Uh, never eat soggy watermelon, right? I've Wasn't that the song? Heard, I've never in, heard elementary school? in my life.
2: No? I don't know, I, I've never heard that When song. you were
1: learning the directions North, nah, east, south, uh, west, never eat Soggy watermelon nah. You never it, heard that? It was a
2: simple north, south, east, west If the cops come in west, you go east If the cops are north, <laughs> you go south <laughs> It was pretty simple
1: <laughs> Must have been a western, must have been a western <laughs> Pennsylvania thing I've never thing. heard that song before, man must, What are you talking about? Must have been a western Pennsylvania thing It's pretty simple If they're uh, coming this way, you go okay. that way <laughs> Denver Broncos first up here. Uh, AJ Bouye, the answer from NFL.com. And I think mm, that's fair. I think yeah. he will have a nice bounce back season. Uh, could talk about Bradley Chubb. Obviously, you and I have both laid out we believe in that uh-oh, young man. Uh-oh. But the answer for me is Von Miller. Thank you. Right? Thank you. Like thank you. based off of what he's been his whole career, the season he had last year. Seven and a half sacks, man. Don't, if, don't overthink it. As name. long as he's healthy, he'll be close to doubling that number. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, don't absolutely. overthink
2: it. Don't overthink it, man. Without a doubt, is Von Miller. Vaughn, we know what he is. We know what he's been his throughout his whole career. And outside of an ACL injury, this was the worst statistical season that he's had in his mm-hmm. career. So, yeah, without a doubt, he has to be the most improved guy. Otherwise, I don't care what A.J. Bouye does. If that pass rush is poo-poo like last year, A.J. Bouye going to look like a bum. That's just mm-hmm. how it goes. So, Vaughn, definitely the guy.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, this is a tough one because I mean they don't have a ton of guys that need to bounce back. Right about that. <laughs> but Micole Hardman gets the nod here on NFL dot com. You said Mahomes? McCole Hardman. You. You I I think the impact of Clyde Edwards Hilaire gives me pause on that one. Okay. What say you, Arthur Motes? Sammy
2: Watkins. Oh, that's a good one. Former first-rounder. He's supposed to be getting, what, $14 million, I think it is, this year? hmm Yeah. You got to have more than 52 catches and mm-hmm. 673 yards and three touchdowns. Sammy, I need a lot more from you, baby. That's fair. I know, I know you had your you, – you talked about your, off, your your transgressions you dealt with throughout your career, seeing aliens, all this other stuff, different planets. I got you. Hey, man, it's a great story. I'm glad that you are improved. But you need more productivity on the field. I mean, think about this. Throughout his, what, six uh, – no, three – yeah, his six-year career, he's only had 1,000-yard season. Yep. He had a 982 his rookie year, but that was on 128 targets, 65 receptions. I need a 1,000 yards from you, baby. Yeah. And, and your contract – Is also saying that I need a thousand yards from you, (laughs) especially when you look at the deal that Mahomes has Mm. and then what Chris Jones has. Hey, when it comes next year and we got to make some moves, they're going to be looking at you if you ain't a thousand yard receiver. It's that simple. Yeah. It is that simple, man. It sure is. So figure it out, but it's got to be Sammy, man. Two more here. Let's go to
1: Las Vegas. But the Raiders, that's still, hey, that's, that's still weird to see. Viva Las Vegas. That's still weird to see. Las an Vegas Raiders in official writing. Viva Vegas. Viva Raiders. I like this answer from NFL.com, Arthur it's Nick Quitakowski, my oh, Mountaineer oh. brethren. Be- because and he has
2: the last name. Got, 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 I got you, man. He
1: checks all three boxes. He has the last name. He's a Mountaineer. And he's a yinzer. He's a Western Pennsylvania high school kid. Went to Oh uh, Oh, gosh. No, it wasn't Fox Chapel. It was... Franklin Regional. He graduated from oh, Franklin Ridge. Regional. Okay, yeah. Yep. yeah. Uh, I think that's a good answer. But for the Raiders' mm. sake, Mm-mm. I think the answer better be Clellan Farrell. Mm, you for were the, with
2: Clelly. For the Raiders' sake.
1: Wow. They took him, what, third or fourth overall in the draft two years ago? They will yeah, be fine. They need him to be he a, be a top five bona fide pass rusher if they want to get where fine. they're trying to go. He's going to go.
0: He's gonna be fine, ain't going to be
2: no problem. Ain't no problem. That's Arthur Shannon Sharp be notes be over fine. there. He had, what, four and a half of them things last year. He'll be fine. Yeah, four and a half. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. It's going take a little time. He'll be fine. <laughs> he ain't no problem. Yeah, ain't no problem at all, man. <laughs> but for man, it's a simple answer. It's the quarterback position, Mr. Derek yeah. Carr. I mean, last year was a decent year for him. Still had, you know, 4,000 passing, back-to-back season down, over 4,000 passing yards, 21 touchdowns, 8 picks. But – Derek Carr, remember? I mean, wasn't he on an MVP trajectory? That's right. You tried to give him the, uh, the Carson Wentz MVP year, right? Oh, would oh, you yeah, settle down? He, he would have won MVP if he didn't get hurt. Oh, would you settle? Yeah, down? I've heard it all before. Okay, it's and, true and, and, with and, Wentz. It's yeah. not
1: true with Carr.
2: No, no, I, I thought that was the case. It was 2016. It was what 12 and three. He had close to four thousand passing yards. Catching hours, me saying that. Broke the leg and it was like, oh, he would have won MVP. And ever since then, it's been underwhelming. So for me, man, I need to see a major improvement for him next year. Obviously, they did a good job in terms of the Raiders getting him weapons on the offensive side of the ball. And I think along with uh, the running back out there, Josh uh, Josh Jacobs, that, that makes it a lot simpler for him, a lot easier for him. I think that, man, when you have a steady, stable, productive running back like how they have, and obviously the receivers they were able to get in and who, who actually were very productive last year – all of those things bode extremely well for him to be successful and be more improved this year. And especially when you think about that division, you know who the big dog is at quarterback out there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you don't want to be looked at as the laughingstock at that quarterback position because you know who you're going to be compared to, you got to step the game up, baby. That's
1: a good call by you. Good call by you. Last but not least here, the Los Angeles Chargers. Well, I guess if I wanted to be cheap, right, I could go Derwin James, but technically he didn't play last year. Correct. Uh, Hunter Henry the answer here. I like that one. <sighs> How about Tyrod Taylor, though? That's where I'm going Is that right? where you're
2: going? Absolutely.
1: I think there's, you know, he's got some nice pieces on that offense. The offensive line isn't great, but they're certainly, I think, on the top half of the league. If we listed yes. the offensive lines in the league, I think the Chargers would be in the in the top half. Um a defense that should put them in some opportune situations to succeed. It's not like they're going to have to score 30 points a right. game to win games. I like Tyrod Taylor to to have a nice season out there in L.A. Not a lot of pressure, a young team. I think he'll be able – we've talked about this before. He's not a superstar. Correct. But he's not a bum. He is a professional quarterback. He, Pro Bowl. He's made it to a Pro Bowl. He's, had, some winning, the, he's had winning seasons in the NFL. I think he playoffs, can do that. to the playoffs. Yeah, I think he can do that again in L.A. with a strong roster. And he's a Super Bowl champ. Throw that out there, too. Was he? Was he a back? Baltimore
2: Wait. Ravens backed oh, up Joe Flacco. Oh, right. yes. <laughs> I forgot
1: all about that. That's how he
2: came in the league before yes, Buffalo, yes. right? Yes, he backed up uh, uh, Flacco for yeah. four years. I totally forgot he, he about got, that. He got a win Super Bowl. I totally forgot about yeah. <laughs> that. He got he got him a Carson Wentz. Totally you know forgot about that. Ooh. Yeah. How convenient. You forget for him, but not for he Carson. Got him, he got him a Suggs Super yeah. Bowl. Although, granted, yeah. Suggs got a real Super Bowl. At, but- at, least, at least Suggs was in the game. <laughs> yeah wait was he for the chiefs yeah i thought he did play like a snapper too did he i don't know if he was productive but i definitely he? He we have played. to look that yeah. up i don't know
1: if he i don't know if he played a snap yeah. yeah yeah but i think i think it's tyrod for, for the chargers
2: yeah man i think of this man the last time we saw tyrod not counting because obviously that uh he, last year when he did get a i think it was like a couple of snaps it was like the garbage time type situation but for me the last full body of work we saw him have was in Cleveland where he started, what, those three games before Baker came in. Right. And he was average at best. I mean, you look at his completion percentage, 80, uh, was it 49.5? He had 85 attempts, 42 completions, 473 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. We got to see a lot more. I want to see more of what we were seeing from him in Buffalo where he had back-to-back 3,000-yard passing seasons. He was taking care of the ball. He, he was making sure that he was still scoring points. But like I said – Throwing touchdown passes, cutting out interceptions, just being a safe quarterback, a guy that you can win with, a guy that's not gonna lose you games. Tyrod, that has to be you, man. I gotta see more of that, less of what we saw in Cleveland. So there it
1: is. AFC most important. And that boy players. from the crew seven five
2: seven. Yes, sir.
1: For uh for each team in the AFC there. We'll do the NFC later on in this week. That'll do it for the first hour of the show. When we come back to start the second hour. Ranking the best wide receivers in the NFL for 2020. This has been a, a highly debated topic in NFL circles over the last week or so. Moats and I will get to that on the other side. We'll also take your tweets at Wesley Euler at the body 52. The body. And fair warning, the Manchester United game is now on, so I might be a little distracted in the second hour of the show. You know what that means? Arthur Moats is just going to have to carry the water for us. Hey, man, let's going, go Liverpool. F- you know how I roll. Going forward. Oh, it's a good take there by Mason Greenwood. Nice save by the West Ham keeper. 60 minutes in the books, 60 to go stick with us knuckleheads it's Steelers Blitz on SNR
0: Hewler and Motes are on the air this is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold SNR Steelers Nation Radio
1: Good afternoon, Steelers Nation. How we doing? Serendipitous. Well, that's good. Me too. Wesley Euler, Arthur Motes, inside the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR, hour number two, as we roll along here on a Wednesday afternoon. And let's get right into it, Arthur Motes. This is something that has been discussed. I uh, feel pretty uh, pretty much everywhere in NFL circles, NFL media over the last week or so. Top 10 wide receivers in the NFL. Jeremy Fowler has his lists on ESPN.com of uh, 50 league executives, coaches, and scouts who they say are the top 10 at each position, and here we go, Arthur Motes. We'll start from the back for dramatic effect. Number 10, Amari Cooper, Dallas Cowboys. Number 9, Chris Godwin, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number 8, Keenan Allen, L.A. Chargers. Number 7, Devontae Adams, Green Bay Packers. Number 6, Mike Evans, also of those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Number 5, reigning champion Tyreek Hill of the Kansas City Chiefs. Number 4, OBJ of the Brands. Number three, DeAndre Hopkins, now of the Arizona Cardinals. Number two, Michael Thomas of the Saints. And number one in the same division, uh, not very far away, just a couple hours away in the next state over, Julio Jones of the Atlanta Falcons. Arthur Motes, I know you got beef with the top of this list. Mm-mm-mm. I know you do. I know you disagree about who's number one, who's number two. I mean, I feel like you're a Julio guy, though. I am a Julio guy, but yeah. I didn't say me this. I asked you, baby. You're definitely a Julio guy.
2: Oh, I'm for sure. A Julio yeah. guy. But for me, man, I think I definitely got to have Michael Thomas at number one. Um, First of all, he has the 99 rating in Madden. That should tell you something Uh, right there, all right? And we're going to talk about it, that should tell you a lot. I mean, what what else she need to know? They They didn't give Julio a 99 rating. They didn't give DeAndre Hopkins a 99 rating. It's only one receiver that got a 99 rating, and that is Michael Thomas. He's been the most consistent and the most outrageously ballerific receiver for the past two years now. could say three years. But for me, man, it's Michael Thomas. He definitely has to be the number one receiver. When we think of Julio, I think he's number one on this list because of legacy, because of what he's done throughout his career. But from a recency standpoint, he hasn't been the same level of effective. I mean, he hasn't been the same level in terms of his effectiveness as he's been in the past. So for me, man, Michael Thomas is number one receiver on that list. Then hot take, I got DeAndre Hopkins at number two. Ooh, so do I. Yeah, I got D-Hop at definitely at number two, man. Yeah, want to? I
1: mean, how are you want to do this? You want to give your top three, and then I'll do my top three, and yeah, then we'll go yeah, from there? So you've got, I got, uh, I got Michael, Thomas, Michael one, Thomas
2: Hopkins two. Hopkins at
1: two, and I got Julio at three. Okay, so we're similar. We just flip-flopped one and three. I got Julio one, I got Hopkins two, I got Michael Thomas three. Blasphemy. Now, again, listen, Arthur Motes,
2: I... Uh, under, under which
1: say, stratosphere is Michael Thomas say, not better on, than DeAndre Hopkins give me or Julio second, Jones? Give, my, give me a go, second. Go ahead. Let me hear this. You know I'm very transparent with this, No, you're not. No, you're not at all. So my... Anti-Saints nature.
2: Oh my god. Certainly plays
1: into this. All right. I'm just being transparent. I'm being honest. But I Michael Thomas is insanely talented. He is, I think, I think it's these three guys and then everybody else. I think there's a gap after these three guys. I really do. Antonio Brown would have been in that conversation. Um, I think there's a gap after these three guys. But the difference for me is just on the tape. Uh, if you look at the stats, man, yeah, Michael Thomas is insane. He's clearly number one. If you look at the tape, it's it's not as impressive as DeAndre Hopkins. It's not as impressive of, as Julio Jones.
2: Why? Why isn't it as impressive?
1: Because it's a lot of seven-yard catches. It's a lot of slants over the Those middle. Those aren't a- good? What?
2: I'm am I saying. missing something
1: here? I'm just saying. That's not a part of being a receiver? Oh, no, it certainly is. So what am I missing here? <laughs> what, what, what you're missing here what? is everything else that that offense has going what? for it. What? and that DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones have never had a Drew Brees throwing them the football. Who
0: cares? And they have Matt had a, Ryan and Deshaun
1: Watson. An Alvin, what are we talking about? they never had an Alvin Kamara and, for the most part, Mark what? Ingram on that roster. That boy had
2: Devontae Freeman. They
1: don't have a coach nearly, and you know this pains me to say,
2: they don't have a coach nearly as good as Sean Payton. The only one that doesn't have the good coach you could say was DeAndre Hopkins with Bill O'Brien. Uh, I mean, the Falcons went to a what? Super Bowl. Exactly.
1: So what are we but saying what are here? What have they done since Kyle Shanahan left? What has that offense done since Kyle Shanahan All left? What I'm
2: saying is, I mean, Julio still was able to be productive because oh, it's still certainly. Matt Ryan. It's Matt Ryan running his offense. That's what it is. Let's be real about it. It's no different. Right. Just like when, Drew Brees runs yeah. the offense in New Orleans. So, so I don't want to hear about well, what, what, who would you rather have, Matt Ryan what do you or Drew mean? Brees? We already said that Drew Brees the better quarterback. That's not a debate here. But what I'm saying is, Michael Thomas, you're so, trying to knock Michael Thomas for catching seven yard passes consistently. He led the league in so receiving yards doing that. What are we talking about here? right,
1: when you and I talked about the difference between Stafford and Big Ben, uh-huh. still with respect to Stafford, yeah. I can't have that same opinion about Drew Brees so, and Matt Ryan? Uh,
2: so, so here's the answer to that. Stafford to Big Ben is a lot bigger gap than Matt Ryan to Drew Brees. I would agree That's with that. That's all I'm I saying. I would agree that. with that, okay. but there's
1: still a gap there.
2: But not as big as Stafford to Big Ben.
1: There's still a gap there. Not as big, though. In terms of raw talent. Uh-huh. Julio and Hopkins have more than Michael Thomas. They they, they just do. Michael Thomas's stats are insane,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but a lot of that is schematics and the talent of that wow. offense, his coaching staff, schematics. and his
2: quarterback. Julio okay. one,
1: Hopkins two, Michael okay. Thomas. Okay, so we just
2: we just gonna forget about all the drops that we seen Julio have too, right? We talk about mm-hmm. the highlights, right? Hmm? Oh, because we don't ha- we don't have that hey. with Michael Thomas. Hey. We hey. seen we hey. seen right, that remotes. we've NFL, seen that with NFL, the Hopkins too.
1: NFL coaches, executives, oh yeah, I right. agree with me. Okay, so yeah, all right. Julio Jones is an avatar. Yeah. Michael Thomas is very productive. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones is an avatar. He's yeah. fake. He's like a Calvin uh-huh. Johnson. And you know what's okay, funny is that you yeah. say, uh, yeah. give me the Calvin Johnsons over the ABs, yeah. right? Give me the freaks where over the – What is Michael te- Thomas? Give me the – te- so give, my- gi- give me the Jack Lambert over the ham,
2: right? The so freak over the technician. Michael Thomas isn't a freak? Compared to Julio Jones? It's not far off. Oh, you act like on. there's some dress. With, oh, when we taught Calvin Johnson to AB, oh,
1: come Calvin on.
2: Johnson to AB athletically oh, is a huge difference also you're not gonna tell me who's
1: okay let's hear this we're comparing julio and michael thomas right now mm-hmm. julio's four years older than michael thomas Fair it's enough. a testament that hit to him that he's still in this conversation no, no, I agree with you on because that. michael thomas at 27 compared yeah. to julio at 27 there's not a comparison whoa 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 Let, you
2: know let's just look i at, don't want to look at the numbers nah, nah, because nah, nah, michael thomas simple, is a numbers simple. guy it's simple you said it there's no comparison it's simple that's so the because, beauty of stats. We could go check it up and okay, see right. just so what just it looked like. Stats, it's simple. Right? It's simple. Oh, it's it's that
1: simple. simple. Right. Nathan McKinnon has more points than Sidney Crosby. Oh, well. well, he's better than Sidney Crosby. Uh, all it's I'm saying simple. is this.
2: All I'm saying is this. Michael Thomas' first four years, he hasn't had anything under 1,000 yards, and he led the league in receiving. Who
1: led the NFL in pass yards last year, Motsi? All I'm saying is Who this. Who led
2: the NFL in pass yards last year? This. Did his team make the playoffs? Check me out. You want check to talk me about out. stats? One, two. His first four years, he only had 2,000-yard receiving seasons. You tell me how okay. much of a freak and how who far ahead he was. Who led the NFL in, in pass on, yards on, and, and, and touch in, in in, in touchdowns. And let's passes, be real. Pass yards let's be real. last season. 11, 12, 13, and 14, Matt Ryan was a beast then. He was. He was a beast, beast. He People was. People were talking about him as a top-five quarterback. Is, so, so, hey, wh- wh- what am I missing here? I'd give
1: a lot of that credit to Kyle Shanahan. Oh,
2: you. but we just said a second ago that Sean Matt Payton Ryan, just Michael like Thomas. Drew. No, no, we said, yeah. we said Matt Ryan, just like Drew Brees, is the offensive coordinator. They run that offense. That's their thing, right? So please don't 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 try to put it on Shanahan now. Which one is it? You flip flopping? No, no, don't flip flop. Don't flip flop. Which one get, is it? Don't give Matt Ryan the, the Peyton Manning and Drew Brees yeah. type
1: credit. He Which wasn't one an is offensive coordinator to that Which one is it? Okay, Moats. If we're going just by stats, then we're not going by stats. We're going by impact as well. Who led the NFL in pass yards last year? Last year? Yeah. You tell me who was it? It was wasn't James Drew Winston, wasn't yeah. it? It might have been. Yeah, where was yeah. his team in the playoffs? What does that got to do with this debate? You're saying stats? Let's look at the stats. No, 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 between no, Michael no, no. I'm talking Jones. about. I'm not, I don't want to look when, at a when spreadsheet we talk about on a piece stats, of paper.
2: This is what we're talking. When we talk about the stats. We could talk about how Michael Thomas not only was he the most dominant receiver, but his team was a direct impact of him. When Teddy Bridgewater was at quarterback, he was the one keeping that offensive flow. Unlike Jameis, who didn't make the playoffs, he's been to the playoffs every single year. He's also been to the NFC Championship game. Mm -hmm. He's had plenty of big-time games. He doesn't fold under pressure. It's been times when we talked about Hula where it's like – Where's Julio? wet? Julio can't yeah, get in. Where's Julio? At? Well, well, Making Julio one get in. Of the
1: best catches I've ever seen a wide receiver make in the Super Bowl.
2: Okay, but we just gonna where's forget about Julio? the drops as well, where's all right? Let, let's forget about the easy
1: his, drops he has. His team in how the many drops game. does he have?
2: We we talk about he dropped balls all the time.
1: Okay, your stat sheet there last year. How many drops for Michael Thomas? How many for Julio? Is it that egregiously different? Because maybe I'm wrong here.
2: Because you, you know what? I'm I not the fumble guy. I I'm ain't
0: not worried about it. Yeah, I about, about it. i ain't worried about it. It's not that different.
2: No, no, I ain't worried because I don't have it right in front of me right now. I don't feel like looking for it. But we know for a fact the Julio fumbles a lot more than Mike. My... I mean, I you fumbled, but we know fumbles. he drops the ball. Okay, he drops go. passes a You're lot more. A lot of fumbles. easy passes too. That's easy a different passes.
1: conversation. All right, let's look here. Four drops. Wait, is that even actually an official? It's an official NFL stat. I like it should be right. Yeah, but I don't see it here on Pro Football. It's not. Yeah, that's what
2: I'm saying. It's not on Pro Football. So
0: really.
1: What is Pro Football Reference good that, that's for? What then. Hey, that's what I'm saying. That's
2: why I said I ain't feel like looking You're it up. <laughs> You're a bunch of bums. A bunch of bums. They literally have fumbles up here, and that's it. Who's nope. number four on your list?
1: We can we can look up these stats during break. Yeah. Who's number four on your list?
2: Oh, uh, hold on. Let me get back to my list. You want me, I, I got Tyreek yeah. Hill number four. Okay, okay. You went with Tyreek? Yep. Uh Where did where is where, where am I? All right. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, you did go Tyreek. It's close here. See how so far between Tyreek and Odell. Uh, So I had Odell at four, Tyreek at five. I I had Tyreek at four, Odell at five. I feel like Odell is the more complete receiver in terms of route change, in terms of impact. I would agree. I think Tyreek... Even though we could say he's a one-trick pony, he is a beast at that and one he's trick. Had,
1: he's had the more productive last year or
2: two. Yes, yeah. But he also has benefited largely from playing with the best quarterback that we've seen, for sure. So for sure. that I mean, we talk about the gap between a Stafford we'll and see Big Ben. We'll see if Mike Evans and Godwin right. get some of that this year with but, Brady. But the difference between a Mike, I mean, the difference between a, uh, a Patrick Mahomes and a Baker Mayfield, especially the past football, two years, football field wow. and, and difference wow.
1: there. Yeah. So, um, number six, I got Mike Evans. Okay. Number seven, Devontae Adams. Mm. Number eight, Keenan Allen. Number You're nine,
2: Devontae Adams guy.
1: It's seven. Number nine, Chris Godwin. Number <sighs> ten, Amari Cooper. Oh. <sighs> I'm I thought not. about having Keenan and Godwin ahead of DeVonte Adams.
2: See, I do. I'm not I'm not a Devontae Adams guy, honestly, man. You one of these haters that he's coming out on <laughs> I am Twitter. not, bro. Oh my gosh. So for me, man, I have uh I have Mike Evans at 6. I have Keenan at 7. I got Amari at 8 though, okay? Oh, okay. Man.
1: I like that. I uh, yeah, It was the, like the the 7 to 10 range was tough because yeah. honestly, like I could really go any order with those guys. So wait, hold on. Who'd you have at seven? You had Cooper at seven.
2: Yeah, I had Cooper okay, at seven. Okay. Yep. Allen at eight. Okay. And then, uh, where was I At four, nine.
1: You still got Chris Godwin out there. You still got no, Ivante. no, Ga- Adam. Godwin, or,
2: yeah, Godwin's right. No, yeah, yeah. Godwin is up here. Mm. That's right. Yeah, because Godwin doesn't make my list. I have Adams as my uh, as nine, and then Mari Cooper at ten. Okay. Yep.
1: So who's in your top ten that's not in my top ten?
2: So I have oh not not Adams Thelam excuse me. So I have Adam Adam Thielen on my list. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's gotcha. what was okay. in there. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that's where we're different. You have Adam mm-hmm. Thielen, I have Devontae Adams. Yeah. So we got the Adam, the yeah, Adam. Yeah, I'm
2: not I'm not a Devontae Adam guy. I think Adam Thielen doesn't get a lot of respect.
1: It'll be interesting to see yeah. how that plays out this year with without. You'd go him over Diggs, huh? I do yeah. I, only
2: because even when they were teammates, mm-hmm. he was Batman. I mean, it it's was debatable. True. It was debatable, Batman was driving, but his numbers speak up for themselves, and he also has the Pro Bowls to back them up, whereas Diggs, he doesn't necessarily have it's it. True. But I do think Diggs is the better athlete and has the chance to be the better player. But Thielen, man, I mean, he's he's like a Chris Carter. He's just super consistent. He's going to run every route. He's got great hands, and he can make plays after the catch. He just doesn't get the respect that he deserves.
1: Yeah, that's it's a good point by you. It's a good point by you. All right, we're overdue for a break here. Let's get the break. When we come back on the other side, we'll have a little Best of the West Wednesday, and we'll continue to debate everything like we always do. Arthur Motes, Wesley Euler, having some fun inside the electric factory. Uh, get those tweets in at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. The Body. Euler and Motes on SNR.
0: This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR.
1: My name is Wesley Euler, and this is my segment, Best of the Wests on a Wednesday. You already know the drill. It's a simple power ranking Normally, right, we rank our top 10 teams in the National Football we- League oh, the week, from week to week, right? During the season, it's just like a normal kind of like a hierarchy, you know, if you will, of NFL power rankings. But we switch it up during the offseason. Sometimes we go pop culture, we go music, um, you know, we go entertainment, we go video games, movies, we go summer activities, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Arthur Motes today, it's real simple, the best Fried foods out there. Oh, yeah, Arthur Motes. Last night, my wife made some homemade mac and cheese bites. Mm, okay. And they were fantastic, and it got me to thinking, you know, we were on the couch kind of just debating, what are the best fried foods, you know? Because everything's good fried, but what's really the best? And I was like, you know what? Motes and I are going to we're gonna steal this for a conversation on the show today. So, Arthur Motes, real simple, best of the West, best fried foods today today. I'll start at the back of the list to build the suspense. Number five, Arthur Moats. I got calamari. Okay. Oh, yeah. A little squid, a little dipping sauce. It's, to me, the perfect appetizer. You know, before you eat dinner, it's not too heavy. It's got good, unique flavor. It's fun to pick at. Calamari, number five. Number four, this one might surprise some people. Ravioli. Yeah, fried ravioli. Ravioli. I tell you what,
2: my first first trip (laughs) to
1: Indianapolis for the Combine changed the game for me two years ago because fried ravioli is like like the French fries of Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? It's everywhere in Indy. It's delicious. And I discovered a couple weeks ago, GetGo has fried ravioli. Interesting. And it's really good. I love fried ravioli. It's a different kind of taste and texture than most fried foods. It checks in at number four for me. Number three. Buffalo shrimp, baby. Oh, yeah, especially when you're near an ocean. Come on, man. You're in Georgia okay. Okay. or you're in Florida or you're in the Carolinas or maybe you're even in Virginia or New Jersey. That fresh shrimp, you batter it up, you fry it. Oh, you put some buffalo sauce on it. You kidding me? It's like the taste of summer. Number three, buffalo shrimp. Number two on the list. I just said chicken. Huh. Because... <laughs> Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, Nuggets, if we're talking classic fried chicken, we're talking spicy chicken patties for sandwiches, we're talking chicken wings. Chicken has a million ways to get it, and it would be number one on the list. If not for, come on, I'm a good Yenzer. you already know what number one is. French fries, right? And this is another one, folks. When it comes to French fries, I ain't got no type. (laughs) You can give me some regular French fries, some cheese fries, some curly fries, some steak fries, some hand cut fries, seasoned fries, little potato wedges. Mm. Heck, I even take a tater tot. I ain't got no type.
2: (laughs) What's I'll take the tater tot. Let's go.
1: Poutine, chili cheese fries. You just give me the spud deep fried, baby. And I'm all about it. So, again, number five, calamari. Number four, ravioli. Number three, buffalo shrimp. Number two, chicken. Number one, french fries. My honorable mentions go to mozzarella sticks and mac and cheese bites.
2: (laughs) Arthur Motz, you're laughing. What say you? I just love these lists, man. This is always a good time, man. So for me, man, I started number five. Fried Oreos. What are we talking it's about, a really man? Good one. Really fried good one. Oreos are amazing. Doesn't matter what time of the year when you're having them, you got to eat them right after something nice and tasty. So, yeah, man, fried Oreos sits at number five for me. At number four, I'm a fried shrimp guy. And honestly, I'm not a dynamite shrimp dude. I'm not a buffalo shrimp guy. I want just your traditional, battered up, breaded fried shrimp. Extra Obey season in jumbo style. This this goes back to, I mean, not only my upbringing being in VA, Virginia Beach, seafood is king down there. But when I played in Buffalo, man, there was this, like, mom-and-pop, hole-in-the-wall seafood spot right by the team mm-hmm. airport. And I was stopped by there. My first year, I was stopped by there. Then after I got older, I started sending my, my young guys to go pick it up. But they knew to get big moats, pound, pound and a half, Jumbo shrimp, fried, extra old bay seasoning, yep, and branded cocktail sauce. None yep. of that tartar. Extra cocktail yep. sauce, and man, I would smash it on the plane so often. Anytime I go back to Buffalo, that's one of Hold the on. first places I stop at on. too, bro.
1: You eat fish on the plane? I feel like that was a that's
2: got to be a no-no. It's a vet move, bro. I do what I want. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's like heating up fish in the microwave hey, in the man.
2: office. Hey, because literally, like, so. From I mean, as we're sitting in the office right now, we can look outside and we see the building. This lady right across the street. Right. So literally the place it was called uh, it was Captain Joe's, I want to say it okay. was called. So it's literally like right there. it was right like I can see the plane where I park at. We're you stopping. Can see Captain I, Joe's as well. Hey. We're calling the order on way on the way. So as soon as I leave the facility, it's like a twenty minute drive from the facility to where the airport was, where where our planes so were. On the order I called the order in. They are and the thing was because we would do it so often, they already knew. Hey, the guys are coming through. Get all the fried shrimp ready to go. Anytime so, there was an away yeah, game, yeah, they, 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 they already a knew it was up. Coming. They knew it was up. So we make the call. <laughs> we drive over there, scoop it up, go across the street, hop on a plane. Now I'm in there and I'm getting, I'm getting it on. I'm not the only one in there. Trust me, there's multiple guys because oh, it sure. was that good. I'm like sure. it was time where your coaches were like, "Yo, you ain't, you ain't get me nothing." Like I got an issue with you now. You know what I mean? So, yeah. <laughs> but it was phenomenal, man. So fried shrimp definitely sits at number four for me. And number three, man, I got to go to my heritage. You know, fried chicken, man. I'm a big, big, well, I used to be a big fried chicken guy. Now I've kind of got off of the fried chicken. You know, it's got to be a little healthier yeah. and all these other things. But every Can't once be in a, a teenager and in your 20s yeah. forever. But, but every once in a while, I like to get back down and dirty with the fried chicken. You know what I'm saying? Whether it's chicken wings, whether it's chicken nuggets, whether it's chicken dings, whatever it's chicken that's fried, it's good to go. Chicken breasts, I don't care. I don't discriminate on my fried chicken. Yeah. It is what it is. White meat, dark meat, wing, leg, it don't matter. If it's fried and it and it and, it, and it's a chicken, I'ma eat it. It's that simple, man. Mm-hmm. All right, now number two, man. I'm a French fry guy. You know that, man. has to be. And, and, and I don't care if it's curly fries. I don't care if it's crinkly fries. I don't I care if it's straight no fries. Type. I don't care if it's McDonald's fries, Burger King fries, Aubrey fries, Wendy's fries. I if it's a French no fry, I'ma eat it, baby. Potato That's what patch. I do. You gotta mention potato Come patch. Come on, here man. Potato potato wedges. It don't matter what it is, Ooh. man. I'ma get after it. All right. Ooh. You throw my seasoning on that thing, and I'm yap yap nap, 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 nap. Mm-hmm. Or if I'm feeling if I'm feeling classy. You know I'm going to have that sweet sriracha, that spicy sriracha sauce from Chick-fil-A. I'm going to dip my fry in there. Mm -hmm. Big, bad, and bougie. Yes, sir. That's Mm -hmm. me. So French fries is at number two. And then number one. Yeah, I'm interested to see where you're going here. Number one. This goes back to my favorite meal. Okay. As a child, even as an adult. Okay. My favorite undefeated fried thing that I absolutely love. Onion rings? Fried pork chop. Oh. Man, my mama used to bread that thing up so nice. Oh man, it tastes so good! I eat that. That's a good have call. mashed tails and gravy on the side, or sometimes we'll fry it and then smother it sure. with the gravy. Oh my goodness! Sure. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Anytime, listen. Anytime I call my mother up and she's coming to visit me, whether it's in Pittsburgh when I was in Buffalo or if I'm coming back home, she knows. She knows. She knows hey, it's one thing that I want her to do. I don't care what else she does while she's here. It's one thing she's going to need to do for me, and that's make my fried pork chop. Mm-hmm. Cause, and, and my wife, I love wifey. Wifey cooks a great fried pork chop, but it's only one person that makes the fried pork chop like the fried pork chop mm-hmm. supposed to be made, and that's Mama Bear, all right? So mm-hmm. when Mama most comes and sees me or I go to see her, man, listen, we were in the Outer Banks a year ago. She came down to visit me. I say, look, Mama, I know I ain't see you in a minute, but you know what you got to do, all right? I'm going to go pick it up, but you got to cook it, all right? Let's get it happening. <laughs> That's just, it is what it is, all right? It is what it is. When I was younger, that's all I She's like, you want fried chicken? No, mama. Make that fried pork chop bone in. You know how we do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Hey, let's do that. Yes, sir. (laughs) So for me, fried pork chop number one on my list, baby. That's a good call. That's the Shout same out to way. Mama Moves, man. That's the same
1: way I'm with my mom and chicken parm. Oh. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. Yeah. My my yeah. wife
2: makes a great chicken parm uh-huh. too, but there's just something about what you though. grew up with. It hits different when, it, when that's what you grew up with, your taste buds are are, mm-hmm. are conditioned for that and that alone. Mm-hmm. I've tried fried pork chop amongst many a places, amongst many a chefs. And I was like, you know what, this is really good. You know, bone up a teeth. It's not dude. But it's not mama bed, no, it's not. And mama bear pork chop hit different when it's fried. Mm-hmm. She season that thing with an extra love it's, on that thing. Yeah, it's got that direct line to your you know nostalgia know I mean? bone, baby. Yeah, <laughs> She's like, oh, oh, this, this see, this, you know why you like this? Because I carried you for now. That's what she always tells right. me. Because I carried you for right. now. That's why you like this so much right here. I was like, all right, mama. Keep it coming.
1: <laughs> I don't care why, mom. Just keep it coming. Yeah, just keep it coming. Uh, Harry says here, fried Snickers. Oh, okay. I've never had, I have had fried Oreos. Those are really good. Those should have been on my honorable mention. You ever had fried ice cream?
2: I didn't do fried ice cream. Oh, it's a game changer. I fried Snickers before and I've had fried Twinkies before as well. Ooh, yeah, I don't think I've ever had Twinkies I've
1: had the Oreos I've had the mm-hmm. Snickers The ice cream The ice cream's a
2: game changer Because yeah. the science behind it Makes no sense For me, man But it's good See, this is my thing I'm not the biggest ice cream guy I don't you know I, I've never been a big okay. I, like, See, I I've, love ice cream I'd rather eat candy than ice cream See, I'd rather have Ice cream yeah. than candy It's it, a duality of man, <laughs> yeah, baby I mean, that's how me and wife are too, man Wife you be over there Eating ice cream I'm like, bro Just give me some candy I'm straight, like Ice yeah. cream and like
1: freshly baked brownies and cookies are really my two biggest wow. weaknesses when it comes to dessert.
2: See, for me, I'm candy and chips. <laughs> I'm not the biggest would you brownie guy. Chips are dessert big... though. More of a more of a snack, I but I guess they kind I of they kind of go time. hand yeah. in hand. Yeah, but like for me, I would rather have chips and candy over like ice cream and cookies or ice cream and brownies and then or or cupcakes things like that. Mm. Like I'm I don't know. I eat it. It's good. I don't discriminate sure, on sure, it, but it's sure. just that's like with it, candy it, it, in shit. my hierarchy of snacks, like that's not gonna be high on my list.
1: No, chips are chips are. As I pause there, because Manchester United just almost scored. Uh, I can't eat a sandwich, a cold cut sandwich without chips. Can't Ooh. do it. Can't
2: do it. So, so maybe it's just where you align case, yeah. your different. Listen, it was times when I was playing early on in my career, every meal I had had to have chips, dinner included. <laughs> it didn't matter. Chips are going to be included in here somehow, some way. <laughs> uh
1: have you had oh, what are they like the the kettle style voodoo
2: yeah absolutely yeah, the ones, I'm about? Yeah, they? they have uh the voodoo they, they what's it's the called, name like, of that that I brand. It was called voodoo
1: maybe it is okay yeah, maybe voodoo. That's the, yeah, the name and they brand. got like
2: the, the lady up there like dancing yes, and stuff absolutely yes. oh Tr- trust those are me, man. so good they're not a, they're not a lot of brands of chips that i haven't tried at least once nah, amen <laughs> and, to that. and we stay stocked with the voodoo style man hey, i like that little dance lady that i'll be over there dancing with it when i eat them things Hey, hey, hey! Cause she has like, like she's like, almost like one of the uh, like Spanish dancers with the the yes. f- the dress like very like New
1: Orleans. I think yes. it's supposed to be like New yes. Orleans, like Cajun style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan says here no See, feel fried pickles. I more like pickles? female
2: mariachi type thing. Man. Oh well, yeah, that's okay, yeah,
1: that makes sense. I like it though, man. It's tight. Ryan says no fried pickles. Fried pickles are good too. I'm not even a huge pickled fan. Pickle fan, but fried is pickles thing. are good. So, like
2: my wife and my oldest, they love fried pickles. I only can eat pickles, the jumbo pickles out the jar. Okay. And it has to be like whole. If it's cut up, I can't eat it. I don't know what it is, bro. Interesting. Like I don't even want pickles on my sandwich. Like, it, and I will eat a whole pickle as long as it's the the real like full length pickle. I remember the ice cream used to come by. I'm like, I don't want the ice cream. Let me get a pickle. And then they had the spice pickle. Let me get the spice pickle or the regular pickle, the jumbo pickle. Just to make sure it's pickle. <laughs> just make sure it's whole. And I'm gonna go to work. Give me a little napkin with it, or you can put it in a little foil or a little a little bed thing for it. And I'm gonna go to work. It's cool. Last thing that we haven't mentioned.
1: Hush puppies.
2: Oh. I don't even know what they are, but I know they're delicious. I don't know what they are either. In fact, I just had some hush puppies. Remember when I, t- I had to go to Lawn John I had some hush puppies. I was over eating them. Oh, like, that's right, because Burger King broke yeah, your heart. shout out to shout out Burger King. Man, I went to elbow drop them. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, I had the hush puppies. I'm like, man, I ain't had hush puppies since like growing up because we had a chicken spot that we would go to, mm-hmm. and they instead of giving you fries, they give you hush puppies. So it was like, yo, let me get the number two extra like hush it. puppies. We're going to work. <laughs>
1: That was fun. That was a good best of the West today. Absolutely,
2: man. I was solid right there, man. Oh, we
1: got a bunch of tweets rolling in here. We'll get to them uh, as we wrap up the show on the other side. Last chance to get your tweets in at West Euler at the Body 52 The Body. We will wrap up the show here when we return. It's Steelers Blitz on SNR. was in by the fire my grandma told your grandma and I said you play on fire talking about me this him
0: is him the steelers him blitz him with, him with him wesley Euler and arthur moots on your 24/7 on. home of the black and gold snr
1: look at my king oh just Arthur Motes, Wesley Ulla, wrapping up the show here on a Wednesday afternoon, and as always, we go to the tweet. Some tense moments here on the television. Arthur Motes, so we we got uh, a foul. Is it a foul or is it a ham? What's the what's the call here? Oh my goodness! I tell you what, they're, this is—they're they're about to give West Ham a penalty off a foul where the United player. Do- oh gosh! I can't look. I can't look. Let's get to the tweets. you bums. Gregory, uh, uh, inquisitive question Gregory here always. We like his questions all the way from California. He says, wouldn't it be nice if there was a minor league NFL system right about now? Wouldn't it pay dividends in times like these for rookies, for unsigned players, for coaches?
2: In okay. theory, absolutely. He does have a point yeah. there. Um, but nope, nope. Keep that same energy, man. That makes too much sense. We don't do those type of <laughs> things in the NFL, man. It's all or nothing. No feeder system. No backup plans. And preseason doesn't matter. Rosters don't matter. Just show up and play. I think,
1: ideally, yeah, right. Every sports league should have a uh, should have a. I mean, don't every sports
2: league have that?
1: A minor league. <laughs> every
2: yeah. Sports league does yeah. have that. You got um, the G League slash the D League. You got the minors, the Triple A, Double A, Single A. We talked about with NHL. We, we've seen the Penguins there. I mean, they'll pull people up in a heartbeat. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: the only thing is I think a lot of these other leagues have proven Arthur Moats. We love football in this country, but we want it in the fall and in the wintertime. You know, for for whatever different reason, spring and summer football isn't always the most attractive thing.
2: But wait a minute now. We we, we love college football. No, no, no. We wait love the NFL. You, you're talking as if. People watch the minor leagues for baseball. No one watches minor league baseball. Oh, no one true. watches D league or G league basketball.
1: And some of those smaller towns, at least minor league baseball draws well. They get thousands of people who Come go out to the, on, like man. in Des Moines, Iowa. It's still up from on, a revenue man. standpoint. No,
2: nobody is watching minor league baseball. Man, I was in Buffalo with the Buffalo Bison. Man, we won't go into those. I mean, we would show up to a couple of the games. Now, if it's a theme night, they got something cool going on. Or if one of the major players had dropped down for a little while, you show up. But, man, people don't care about minor league sports in general. But when you talk about the theory of the system, that's why it works so well. You're not going to tell me that G League slash D League basketball games are being sold out or they got a couple thousand fans in there. That's not the case. They are barely even on TV. And when they're on TV, people will look. If they don't recognize the name, they turn it away from it.
1: G League is different, I think, than baseball and hockey.
2: Now, why you feel that way?
1: Because there are some minor league baseball teams and some minor league hockey teams mm-hmm. that get 7, 8, 9, 10,000 people at their games. I don't know. You can tell me if I'm wrong. I don't nah. think the G League draws that well. They don't. Not at all. I think the problem is an NFL minor league, right? For, especially to help, the, to help the NFL, to mm-hmm. be a feeder system, it would have to occur at the same time as the NFL season, or am I wrong in saying that? to kind of serve its purpose, right?
2: It depends, I guess, because I'm trying to think with the D-League, technically some of it I think there is a little overlap, but not much though, because yeah, they still will call it, they'll have those players coming up and playing in the regular season at times. And then they feast obviously during the summer league games that we always see when we remember we saw Zion last year playing in the summer league was a big deal, but he's playing against other guys who are technically either rookies, younger players or G-League, D-League type guys. I mean, it could be there. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's from a revenue standpoint. And even if you're putting them in smaller towns, because with baseball, it's not like your minor league teams are in the same state. No, let's be real about it. Yeah, they're
1: no, not like the the Pirates have a minor league team that plays in, 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 in Indianapolis. Yeah, they have in yeah.
2: Indianapolis. They have their uh their two their double A's in Altoona. I want to say yep. right.
1: Single A's in West Virginia. Yeah,
2: I know for the Mets they have a triple A AAA down in Norfolk, the Tides. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm like it's not as if that yeah. even from a location standpoint the, they're even the close. The Cubs
1: triple A team is in Iowa. Yeah,
2: yeah, it's not so, like they're yeah. You're right. So if I'm saying so if if we're talking about development league for football. Well, what would you do? Okay, well, these are the thirty-two major cities that have teams. All right, let's put them in other cities that don't have teams and go from there. But that makes too much sense, man. Come on, now we don't—you don't, don't want to do that, man. Not the NFL. Thrash uh, <laughs> list of Motes versus West debates. Dak
1: versus Carson. Michael Thomas versus Julio Jones. Am I missing any?
2: Yeah. Yes. Darnold jo- vs. Allen. Josh Allen. <laughs> Did you say Darnold first? Say, hey, Josh Allen first versus that Sam Bumman. Franco versus Bussy. Uh.
1: <laughs> motes' is, motes is parking spot against my key card. <laughs> The list goes on and on. All right. Now, I know we'd get one of these, and I'm happy we did. Don Juan says, numbers don't lie. Here's the first four years in the league. Michael Thomas, uh, 5,512 yards, 5,512 yards, 32 touchdowns. Due hard and Dance cookie. Julio Jones, 4,330 yards, 26 touchdowns. Michael Thomas is the number one receiver. Now I think Guys, but, my but my argument has never if you're talking stats, it's obviously Michael Thomas. But that's but not we're talking how we're impact though. That's not how we okay, but again, I don't want to hear the stat. If you want to give me the but impact argument, that's vein. fine. But this don't tell me about vein. stats because hold on, real quick, back, real quick. Okay, go ahead. For for Don Juan and for the other people, not uh-huh. just I don't want to single him out. There's a right, bunch right. of people I'm sure that feel like this. If Lamar Jackson's next two years, right? Okay. If his first four years uh-huh. look better statistically than Ben Roethlisberger, is okay. so we really gonna be sitting here saying well, Lamar Jackson's better. At the first four year mark, I would. But that's not the conversation here is not the first four-year well, mark. Wait,
2: we're having a conversation of, as it sits today, who's the right. better player between Michael Thomas right. and Julio Jones. And I think, though, as Michael Thomas only had five years in the league, right? So I no, think – No, this would be – Wouldn't this be his sixth? This is going into his fifth – hold on, let me check real quick. I, no, this is going into his fifth year. That's why we okay. said the first four because he's only been in the league four years. So if we're going off of what he's done, that's why the only reason why we keep coming back to the four-year element because – we're no, going, that, makes, that if makes, recency, it makes sense to compare them like yeah. that. But because we're saying from a recency standpoint, Michael Thomas' numbers have been better than Julio's from a recency standpoint. Correct. But then it's like you made they, the comment that Julio's first four years were better than Michael Thomas's. And I'm like, well, no, they
1: weren't. I'm not going better in terms of on a stat sheet. Because again. Yeah. But it also you know depends
2: I mean? on what you're looking for because it, it we does. know we know two things. We know Julio, he doesn't need a lot of catch. He can take the top off of defense. We know Michael Thomas. He's a high-volume catch guy, but he run he has great run after the catch. But when I'm just – I mean, dude, just from an accolade standpoint also, we know Julio, seven-time Pro Bowl, two-time All-Pro. Michael Thomas, three-time All – I mean, three-time Pro Bowl, two-time All-Pro, and he has offensive player of the year.
1: I know. They are robbing Julio. Oh! <laughs> All I'm saying is this. Lucky for Michael Thomas, he's, uh, hitting, his, he's hitting his peak, and there's no
2: Calvin Johnson uh, or A.B. in the All I'm saying is this. League. We know for a fact we can say Michael Thomas is the best receiver, yeah. and that's fine. No, you but, can but, make but, that but, but this is argument my without though. a doubt. With, with Julio, just don't give me numbers Julio, on a spreadsheet to make that argument. When is Julio
1: Well, see, I would argue Michael Thomas has never been either. He is right now. I would argue he's not. You're just doing it for the sake of arguing. I'm not, though. I listen. If uh, show I will, me where I he's better, ag- I will agree with you. Show you me where argue, he's better. Show can, me where he's better.
2: Stat sheet, game, wins, losses, playoffs. Show me, I'll show show you me where he's better. I'll show you who's better. A highlight film doesn't show you if somebody's better or not. Yes. It, okay. But then what? how does it, then, then a spreadsheet
1: doesn't either.
2: Especially gives you more context, though. It's the data that goes along with you co- what, what, it. What? Visual doesn't give you context? It does, and we see Michael Thomas. You can't Thomas. debate a highlight tape. Like All you I'm can saying debate is this. a stat line. A, a highlight tape is like art. You might want to see a guy catch five deep balls and ready to crown him. I might want to see the guy that catches 30, 10-yard pass and takes him 30 yards after that. And, and, again, we it's, can, it's very, it's, we can, that's, that's kind of what we've been yeah, debating throughout the show. Correct. My whole point is
1: if you want to use stats in this argument, uh-huh. Keep that same energy everywhere. Okay. Have I not so, been? No, I'm not necessarily talking. Oh, so I'm not necessarily here. talking to you. Uh huh. But okay, so every quarterback that had better numbers than Ben Roethlisberger in four years in a four uh-huh. year span is better than Ben Roethlisberger. Did uh, they play better than him? Connor McDavid has did had. Did they play better well, than him? Well, that depends on who we're talking about. Well, when I look at did they play better than him, I look at wins Connor and McDavid losses. Last four years has okay. had better numbers than Sidney Crosby. He better player than Sidney Crosby. But
2: this is the thing: hockey is totally different in terms of what we're trying to compare versus what we're trying to compare right here. We, wide receivers are, it's its tough because they're not it's, the quarterback. I, I know, not, but yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's a totally different argument. We're talking apples but to apples right the here. That's on, apples that's to oranges. The
1: stats on a How on is a that the same,
2: though? How is that the same?
1: Because I'm getting a tweet here that's telling me Michael Thomas is better because he had more yards and touchdowns than Julio
2: Jones. Because not only from an eyeball standpoint, but he has the data to back it up. When you talk about Sydney, okay. we can go Sydney eyeball test with Sydney don't. stats. Michael Thomas has both.
0: That's what you're not getting. He I has both.
1: I think he has the eyeball test of he, a Julio. What?
2: What?
0: Oh, my gosh.
2: You got to get your eyeballs checked,
0: Go man. back
1: and watch That's, his 2019 it, highlight it, it, tape. Watch it. Yeah, watch I, it. I did yes. it last night, actually. He cooks. It's funny. I watched he it. Cooks. Yes. Oh, he cooks. Yes. He cooks without a doubt. I don't know if he cooks like, oh my uh, like gosh. some other guys
2: cook. You, I don't You, know. you want to just see, hey, give me 10 deep balls. You caught them. All right, great. You didn't one receiver. I want to see more than that. I want to see more than that. I, I don't want and to Michael see Michael Thomas a cooks seven yards wide open reception. And, and, and did you see the route that he put on the guy? Yeah, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. W- you you praise AB for it. <laughs> Ryan says round two fight. <laughs> P- people will praise AB for how he routes up guys all the time. Hold on though. Hold on. Let me hear it. Come on. Hold on. on. Uh huh.
1: AB, I think got a lot of the. Uh, well, he's got Ben Roethlisberger. He's got Lev Bell. Okay. Whereas I think for uh, Michael Thomas, it's a lot of. Man, look at the insane numbers that that offense puts up year after year after year. Yes. It's, it's more of the schematics as opposed to the individuals. I understand
2: that. I understand that. Well, all I'm saying is this, man. Michael Thomas, since he stepped foot in New Orleans, he's been dominant. Is that something? I man? don't disagree with he's that, that at all. He's
1: been dominant. I don't disagree with that at all. All I'm saying is this. Julio better. <laughs> Last one here because we got to go. We're up against
2: the now, break. Yeah. Now, we we all know the reason why you want to say Julio's better. If Julio has Sean Payton as his coach, you'll be over here joining the team that makes the most sense saying that Michael Thomas is better. But because of Sean Payton never, hatred, never a ball that's in the where Super you're Bowl. always going to go with Michael that. Thomas never caught a ball in the Super Bowl. Hey, and they both got the same amount of Super Bowl wins, so it's all good. Oh, that they do, just like good. Foles and Wentz. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, TC says, Motsy
1: needs to step up and start the feeder league. <laughs> you got the money? You got the Vince McMahon money hey, to float? <laughs> all right. <laughs> uh, Rebecca, the lit one, she lit, says, lit, lit. I sure hope my boys talk about my cooking like you both did with your mamas. Yeah, ab- ab- absolutely. Hey, I, I, they probably do. I'm sure they do. I think they do. Yeah. I think they do, lit one. Yeah, you gotta you gotta love mamas
2: cooking. Absolutely. To. You probably lit in the kitchen. Lit, lit, lit. I can see it now. She whipping it up. Lit, 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 <laughs> lit. lit, 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 lit. So She's spinning in a bowl, man. Jared says, you two need to hug it out <laughs>
1: I just honestly it's very rare that we like that's why these things yes. right? like Dak and Wentz like we Darnold because we're so we're on yes. the same page so often that when we're not times. when we're not it's like <laughs>
2: all right yeah let's run with this let's debate <laughs> one because we're so passionate about our stances too <laughs> like it's not as if we're looking it's like oh yeah this guy could be or that it's, we're very passionate and we feel we that, hey, this is the reason I'm why. Right. Yeah. And we can articulate it. And that's why I always kick your butt when it comes to this because uh, Michael yeah. Thomas is better than Julio. Dak is better than Wentz. And Josh Allen is three times better than Sam Donald. Mic drop. We're good, man. Let's go to commercial.
1: <laughs> that's just like your opinion, bro. It's
2: not I don't an know. Opinion. I'm, looking at, the, I'm looking at the
1: list here from uh, NFL coaches, uh-huh. scouts. Uh-huh.
2: And front office they both, members, they both say the same thing in terms of the highest rank, the the highest rating that they were both receiving was the number one. Yeah, all
1: right, Julio's number one. Yeah, Michael Thomas is number two.
2: They both got highest ranking one. In fact, why is your boy Julio if he's so awesome? Why is his lowest ranking a seven though? And hey, Michael Thomas lowest ranking is a six. They don't ask how uh, might drop. There we go, right Cal there, man. right there. So clearly, these NFL execs and coaches, somebody thought that so on, your boy so was hold a on. bum.
1: If uh, last year, right? Nah, here we go. One of the AP, here we one of the AP here we top go. 25 voters uh-huh. had LSU fourth on their ballot, okay. not first. That means
2: LSU wasn't the best team in the country. Yes, if if if. The because lowest. One voter... no, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute now. Just to give you that context, yeah. right? If they said LSU, one fourth. voter said that, right? Fourth. Put him at fourth. But what about Bama? Only one voter had him at third. Right. What do we see here? You're going to say,
1: even though LSU beat Bama, even
0: though they're the national champions, we... okay. you're going to listen to that. Wait, one minute. Voter. wait a minute. Thank you, no, Mike Jones. No, no, Joe, no. Let's here we go. go, go to commercial here break.
2: we go. So I'm glad you said that because tell me this. <laughs> we tell tried me this. To sign off when now, like have... so, so tell me this. So you say all of those things you just said, right? The one voter and all that stuff, right? When was Julio better than Michael Thomas, though? Because you said off the head to head, right? Off the head-to-head, head. Michael Thomas kicks Julio's butt head-to-head head from a number standpoint. So please tell me. Oh, please tell gosh. me. Thank you for bringing
1: that up. I'll wait. Tell me. So we went from talking about voting back to talking about numbers. You're going to you put an apple did that. or an orange You year?
2: just did that. You just did that. Talking about the AP polls. Yes, you said if LSU, if some one of the guys had LSU in voted fourth, as fourth, and Alabama is third. third, and then you said, well, the head-to-head who won, the head-to-head for Michael Thomas and yeah, Julio right, are the because, numbers.
0: Because, oh, That's please. the head-to-head, the oh, numbers.
2: Please, no, there's no what? head-to-head comparison. What? Convenient, convenient, position. man.
0: Convenient, right,
1: if convenient. It was, if we're talking Joe Hayden and some wide receiver, nah, yeah, you can talk nah. head-to-head because they head-to-head. lined up across. they in the same Michael division. Thomas and Julio have never lined up across the scrimmage. They lined up against you the are, same receivers. Oh, my God. I mean, so they let him the same corners. Reaching. You are Buster Douglas reaching with that one. You're, you're, you dropped you know the reach. only
2: person that's reaching is Julio's numbers trying to catch Michael Thomas' from last year. <laughs> so you can reach on with him, baby. It's all good. Oh, man. The
1: only one going to be reaching is going to be Michael Thomas when he's looking for a new contract years after uh, Drew Brees is
0: gone.
2: You finished, or you done? That's the real question right now. I didn't even get started yet. You finish or you do I didn't even get started yet. You just, like, like I said, you that kid that has the Sean Payton poster in your house and you just throw darts at it every day. I just can't stand Payton. You ever seen Ace Ventura? And anybody that's around him, you just, you just hate on them too. Laces out. <laughs> That'll do it for
1: today's show. Uh, no arguments tomorrow. Motsi's off tomorrow. Adam Crowley in for Motsi tomorrow. Motsi be back on bod. Friday. Uh, moving parts but you know (laughs) certain things remain the same we'll talk to you tomorrow at high noon and as always you know where to find us on your 24 7 home of the black and gold steeler nation radio